Hey, welcome back to um, Writing is Hard Work. I'm Roger Colby. Um, today on the show, I wanted to do kind of a retrospective of just experience that I've had um, these past 12 years. This, is, this, this year marks the 12th year that I've been doing this thing called independent writing, independent novelist, independent publisher. Um, exactly 12 years ago this month, um, I published a book called The Transgression Box. Now, this was my first real foray into writing a full-length novel since high school, because in high school I wrote a, I wrote a novel called, gosh, I can't remember the name of it. It was a novel about a kid in a high school who was bullied, and then he starts, like, developing um, abilities, and it turns out he's like a werewolf or something. And he ends up, like, murdering a ton of his classmates and stuff. So that was just not, you know, it was kind of like teenage angst and stuff and me kind of taking out my frustrations in a novel um, because I was indeed bullied um, in high school Um, in middle school and a lot because I just didn't think like them. So, you know, did my own thing. Um, So Transgression Box came out, and it was like, my first like real book with that I could hold in my hand and say, Hey, here's my book, you know, but I can tell you that I've learned a whole bunch of things since then. And I kind of wanted to share them with you. So these are like 12 things that I, um, would say are things that I've learned from just kind of doing this myself and also like learning from other people and stuff. So, here goes. So the first one is don't use vanity presses. Um, and when I say that, I mean like, I mean, you could say that you could say that Amazon, Amazon create space, which is not create space anymore. It's like, it's still Amazon is kind of a vanity press anyway. But what I'm talking about are like those vanity presses where you pay them like a whole bunch of money and they're going to put your book together and publish it for you. Um, The thing is, most of the stuff, I would say probably 90% of the stuff that they do for you for exorbitant fees can be done by yourself with a little bit of elbow grease and, you know, watching YouTube. And I've written a ton of articles on this blog about self-publishing and like what, I mean, just look at the category self-publishing and you can find all these articles I've written about my experience with just doing it myself and I've had some good success like formatting your book for a print edition or formatting your book as a Kindle or a, um, a, an EPUB or whatever or hiring an editor or uh, hiring a cover those are all things that you can do yourself you can kind of get that done yourself you don't really need somebody to do it for you it's really easy to find those people and get that done um, and you'll pay a lot less money than you will going through a quote unquote vanity press. Um, I mean, I see all the time I see on the, like, there's like an, or a news thing. was it? A commercial on TV where it's like Christian publishers. If you have written a Christian book, we would love to publish it for man. Don't run to those people because they're just after your money. They're going to give you a substandard 
product for a lot of money. And they're going to want more and more money to make it even better. But it's really not worth it. I mean, yeah, they even charge you a lot of money to get things distributed. And honestly, you can go through other channels to get things distributed. You don't have to pay their exorbitant fees. You can do it yourself. I mean, it does cost a little money. But you can. it doesn't cost as much as they charge because they're charging like man hours and all that stuff. So don't, you know, don't, don't spend your, don't waste your money on them. Um, secondly, I've learned is that uh, publishing traditionally is kind of a catch-22. There's a lot of things, I mean, there's a lot of positives about publishing traditionally. I mean, it is the tr traditional way to do it. You are going to get distribution. You're going to get a lot of things. But man, it's tough to get that book in front of somebody now, you know? There are so many books out there, and it's so difficult to find an agent. I'm not saying you can't find an agent, because you can. Um, but going into it, the reason I self-publish is because, I mean, I'm never going to be a bestseller. I just realized that. I mean, you know, that's like getting struck by lightning, honestly, being a bestseller. But um, there's kind of this glass ceiling. And the gatekeepers of the glass ceiling forever have been literary agents and publishers. But see, you know you've got a really good idea for a novel, and it's a great story, um, and they still don't want it, because it's not what they're wanting right now. It's not what they're wanting to market right now. But look, marketing books is basically like playing roulette, even for them, because they're going to throw a ton of money at something, in the hopes that they're going to make their money back. And it doesn't always happen. You know, so taking a chance on a brand new author is really a huge risk for them. And, and it's understandable. They're trying to make money. But understand as well that there are a lot of things within in negotiating a contract with a publisher. Um, oh, and by the way, you should never pay anything up front. I'll get to that in a minute. But... Um, there's a lot of things to getting a publisher or contract-wise that you'd probably get a lawyer whenever you go to get a contract with a publisher because there are things like exclusivity clauses, which will you sign that you will try to publish all your books through them for the next three books you do. You have to try and publish through them first. And honestly... Some of these exclusivity clauses make it so you can only publish through them for the, for the next three books. And the thing is, if they don't like your book and they don't think they can market it, they won't publish it, regardless of whether you're supposed to publish through them or not. So then they'll like, go, hey, go back to the drawing board and maybe you ought to write this kind of book. And then they're telling you what to write. You know, it's whatever you, know, you want to do. I mean, if you, if you want somebody telling you what to write, then just be a ghostwriter. I mean, you can make more money for sure. You know, um, but I actually talked to an author that had something happen to them. This is because of COVID, really, but it kind of shows how I'm, I hate to say it fickle some of these publishers are. And th they're being fickle, but because they have to, because they're making money. Look, I don't fault them for keeping their business going. But basically, what happened was because of COVID, they couldn't sell this girl's book. And so they cut out on her. They just dropped her. They dropped the contract. Totally went against the contract. But see, they always put a clause in there that says, we can drop you at any moment for any reason. They usually do. 
because they can cut you loose. Um, and that's what happened to this person. They were cut loose. Um, and uh, they had to try and get their advance. They had to pay back their advance or try to keep it. And then they, that was a struggle, try to keep the advance that they were given. Um, yeah, advances can be big depending on the book. Um, but you know what? Those, those advances sometimes can be recalled. Um, if they don't sell enough books and they have to warehouse those things, because see, they're still doing it the old-fashioned way. They're warehousing all these books and they may not sell them. And guess who has to buy them if, sometimes in the contract, guess who has to buy them if we don't sell them all? You. So be very careful with publishers because, yeah, don't get me wrong, if a publisher works for you and it, and it gets you there, great, do it. But I don't know if I ever will. I don't know if I ever will. I mean, if I'm offered a good contract that I can go with, it's not going to, you know, put me in a bind and put me in a place where I'm like, well, I don't know if I can pay this advance back. I have to save this advance in case the book doesn't sell. You know, I mean, that. I'd rather just let people buy a book and then it's printed and then they buy one book and one book's printed and it's sent. You know? Um, that's the way I'd rather do it. I like it that way, and not only that, I get 70% of the profit. You're not going to get 70% of the profit from any contract that you do for any um, publisher. Also, watch out for wolves. Um, when I published Broken Earth, This Broken Earth in 2012, I was contacted by somebody that was claiming to be a publishing agent, and man, they sounded legit. I mean, they really did. Um... They set up a conference call with me. Um, I was talking to a woman and her husband, and they were both part of this publishing company, and they were really interested in my book, and they wanted to see if they could publish it traditionally, and they wanted to market it and all this stuff and try to get it in front of booksellers, you know, or book book you know, book companies and stuff like that to get it in stores and whatnot. And it sounded great. And, you know, there was even one phone call I had with a guy who was coming back from a movie he was doing or something. And, man, it turned out to be an absolute scam. Um, and I was pretty naive at the time. I just started doing this. And I've been doing it for a couple of years. And I was, like, kind of starry-eyed. I was like, oh, boy. You know, somebody uh, somebody wanted... And, and to top it all off, they were claiming to be a Christian publisher. And as a Christian, I was like, well... Okay, that's cool. Thank you, God. All right, let's move on. And, man, they were lying to me the whole time, you know? Um, they really, What they really were was a vanity press that was kind of starting to go out of business because they couldn't get anybody to buy their expensive book publishing gigs. So they uh, were hitting the trail and... and looking up people like me who may they think may not know any better and you know at the end of it I uh, found out found them out and I just cut all ties with them so you got to be more of a wolf than a sheep in this game because there's going to be people who's going to want to try and get you um, fourth I think you should get a website um, I have a website through Wix that I do for 144 a year when I first started out, I had a WordPress free site, and it was called Writing is Hard Work. And um, that's the reason I named this podcast this, because it's kind of my, my little title thing. 
because it is. Writing is hard work, man. It's the only thing that's going to get your book written is bum glue and fingers moving. That's like the thing that I, I live by. So anyway, I, you know, um, I started out with a WordPress site. I had a blog. I was writing a lot of blog posts and I was in this blogosphere thing where people were like writing blog challenges and I was doing all that. And I'd write probably three or four blog posts a, a week, you know, and that really got some traction. The thing about websites are if you can play with the SEO enough, um, you know, do the right kind of, uh, uh, search tags and stuff like that and 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 really get your you know website done per your blogs done properly you can actually get them in front of the right people um it also allowed me to get a pretty good twitter following which that that really helped um and so uh what i'm working on now is trying to get um free books in people's hands and i'm going to be doing that pretty soon people that sign up on the site and i learned this from Eric Buchanan, um, you get people to, when they go to the website, it has a little pop-up thing that says, you know, sign up here to the, to the uh, mailing list to get a free book. And then they click on it and they get a free book. And the free book is the first book in a series. So if they like that one, they'll go read the second one. And then they have to buy that one. You know, so that's pretty good. That's a pretty good, I mean, websites are a good way for people to get to know who you are. Like you can hand somebody a card and say, "Oh yeah, you're um, uh, so and so." You know, you can give them a card, and when you do the website and you do the what domain name, make sure it's just your name. Don't do something funky or whatever. But if your name's taken, do like author your name. Usually, that's not taken. Okay, unless your name is author John Smith or whatever. You have the same name as like James Patterson or something like that. Um, just, you know, do it professionally. And, uh, I like Wix because it's simple to use and it wasn't hard to learn how to make it look cool. Um, and the template, they have templates for authors on Wix. It's like author structured for selling books kind of structure. Okay. So get a website. Fifth is hire an editor. Look, I've got an English degree. Got. Have. <laughs> I have an English degree. Um, and I do editing for people. And if you need editing, I will, you know, you can pay me to do it. Um, I can quote you a price based on your page count. I don't do word for word because I think that's, I mean, that's what you're going to be paying if you go to any editor pretty much is by the word. Um, I usually charge by the, by the, by the page, double spaced. Um, but that being said, you should get somebody to, to edit your book because I do. I do. And I have been recently. Some of the ones I've done in the past, I had like transgression box. I need to go pull that one out and have it edited because it's not, it's not what I want. Um, you know, so um, some of my books have typos in them that, you know, they're, you're going to have typos all through your book. But, you know, you need to have somebody look it over and have another pair of eyes see it. Because it's gonna, they're going to find all the mistakes that you, you missed. Um, hire a cover designer. Um, I didn't learn this lesson until later. <laughs> um, I was designing my own covers. Which, if you're artsy-fartsy and you can do that, that's great. But you know what you need? You need somebody that's a graphic designer who knows about, you know, eye lines and all this other stuff. 
the way people's eyes are drawn to things on pages, um, and who have an eye for art to make a really cool cover. I use a guy named uh, Jack Johnson. Jack is just amazing. Um, he does my covers, and pretty soon uh, he'll do a cover for my new book, hopefully. I'll have to call him called yet. So, Jack, you're listening. Pretty soon, man. Pretty soon. Um, so, I've from the Terminarch War on, I've done cover design through him. And he does a great job. If you want to see some of those, look at uh, Terminarch War, Shibboleth Code, and Headless White Horse. He did those three. And they're amazing. I mean, he did just, I just told him kind of like, I mean, he kind of understood. I told him a little bit about the plot. You know, he actually took the time to read them, you know, so he could get an idea. But, um, but he read, he read all my books. And then he's like, oh, I want to, well, this will be a cool. And he brings out these great, oh man. And he gives me like 15 or 16 different options, you know? It's not just the one. It's like, okay, we could do it this way with this color. We could do this way with this color. What do you think? You know, and he really gives me a lot of options. So um, my thanks to Jack Johnson. I'll plug him all day. He's, uh, he's amazing. Um, seventh is to keep submitting to contests and magazines. Don't quit doing that. Um, I've been published traditionally. Um, I submitted a short story entitled Rust to an online magazine called Literary Juice, which no longer exists. <laughs> it's gone. Those online magazines, they come and go. Um, I wrote a comic book script adaptation of my short story, The Headless White Horse, and that appears in Okie Comics a couple years ago. Appeared in Okie Comics, which is a really cool local uh, Oklahoma comic book. Um, I wrote a short story called Crows, which is going to appear in a yet-to-be-mentioned publication. I can't really talk about it, but it's pretty great. I'm pretty excited about it, and uh, pretty I'm, I'm really flattered that, that they would want to put that in there. Um, I don't su submit as much as I want just because I'm a teacher and I work all the time and I'm overworked and underpaid. That being said, um, I also maintain this website and blog and podcast and a million other things. Um, but I regret not submitting more stories to more magazines and websites. I mean, usually the fee to enter these things is like 25 bucks, usually. I mean, that's not bad. That's like taking your, you and your wife out for dinner. I mean, it's important to do that. But, I mean, you know, 25 bucks is not that bad to, to enter a few contests. I mean, at least once a month, try to, try to enter one. Um, eighth is right every day. And this is something that I fell down on in 2020 I, because of the pandemic. You would think that because of the pandemic, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm writing a ton of stuff. Not really. Um I didn't. I, I got in a funk and didn't write, and uh, it it really messed with me because I'm writing for me is very therapeutic, and I have to do it every day. And um, I use um, I'll talk about it in a minute, but I use Scrivener, and Scrivener basically it it will I tell it when I want something done, how many words, and it will meet out my my word count per day. So it, I know exactly how many words I have, and it has a little little green bar once it moves to that green bar it turns green I know I'm done for the day but you know I don't have to stop there I can keep going but that gives me a a pace but write every day even if it's like writing in a journal or writing a blog or whatever write something you know 
Um, ninth is do not share your ideas with anyone. <laughs> um, I have in the past shared ideas for novels on that hashtag pitmad. Um, if you're not familiar with it, it's a hashtag on Twitter where people share a brief synopsis of their novel and a tweet, and then supposedly agents look at it and find a new talent that way. I don't know. I think it's bogus, but um, maybe you've been, had success with it. I don't know. I've done it a couple times. The thing is, it's problematic because people are going to go out and steal the good ones, and they're going to start writing it. And if you haven't written it and copyrighted it, um, a tweet about it is really not enough. <laughs> um, so I quit doing that. I quit putting my ideas on there because that's, I mean, I've got stuff that I want to, I mean, look, I've been plagiarized. I know what it is to be plagiarized. Um, I wrote a blog post in 2012 called, uh, talking's 10 tips for writers. That sucker's been plagiarized so many times on the internet that, and now my blog that I had it on, uh, is no more. But the post, the original post, is on this blog, on, on my blog, on my website, rogerdcolby.com. But it, basically what I did, I spent two months going through Tolkien's letters, finding little quotes from him that would be like if Tolkien sat down and told you stuff about writing. Like, here's his advice. Well, man, apparently a lot of people like that. That thing went, when I first published that thing, I had 16,000 views in one day. And it, it was it was big. I mean, it, it's good advice, man. I mean, it's talking. He, he knew what he was talking about. But people are going to steal your good ideas, man. Don't give them away. Don't ever give them away. Um, who knows? This blog post I did this week will probably might get plagiarized. I don't know. Um, if it's good and it ends up getting a lot of hits, people are going to steal it. That's just the way it is. People steal. Um, so hold your good ideas close to your vest. Do not, I repeat, do not give those away. Wait until you've written it and published it and copyrighted it. Because uh, that's that. So now everything on my blog is copyrighted. So um, that's another thing you should do. Copyright your blog. If you're blogging, copyright it. Because people are going to steal it, and then you can sue them. Um, so, number 10 is Anima Amazon is your frenemy. Now look, you and I both know Jeff Bezos is evil. He's the devil. We all know that. His distribution centers are something similar to Upton Sinclair's The Jungle. You ever read that? The Cannery Row? Well, if you're an indie publisher, however, they can be your best friend or your best enemy. I'm not sure where the self-publishing self industry is, gonna, is going on Amazon, but it's not letting up anytime soon. I mean, there was a boom, like a huge boom back in 2009 through 2012. It was huge. I mean, everybody was publishing a book online. And, um, I mean, that's how uh, The Martian got published. I mean, he published it as a blog post, and then it ended up, you know, he ended up putting it in a novel form and, and publishing it online, and He's an indie writer that really took off. I mean, that's a guy that, like, you know, made a ton of uh, Ware, Andy Ware. Um, he made, you know, crazy money. They made a movie out of his book. You know, it was great. But, man, those days are gone, I think. I mean, it's kind of normalized. And so now, you know, people still kind of like, 
reading a book that's printed and it's in their hand. That's the reason that I do all my books on print because you can order a copy of any of my books in print and um, and get one, you know, uh, in your hand. So what's great about print on demand is, uh, and that's the thing that I love about Amazon is that they've got that print on demand where you can just print a book and if 10 copies are ordered, 10 copies are printed. Bob's your uncle. I mean, so that's that's the thing. Amazon's really good to use. I would use it. Um, also, there's another uh, site where you can sell your EPUB books for those people who um, have Nooks and uh, if you're still using a Nook or a, well, some people, a lot of people read, read on iPads, but EPUBs are for iPads and Nooks. And the EPUB files, you can sell those on um, Payhip. Payhip is a site I use to sell those. And, and um, I've got links to the Payhip site on my all my books. It says, like, EPUB or iPad, you know. Excuse me, I'm very thirsty. I'm making sure I'm hydrated. Um, so, number 11 is get a decent word processor. If you're using Word... God bless you. But there's so many other ones. And there's some people actually using pages on Mac. And, man, I would never use pages to write a book. That's rough. Um, but there's a lot of really good ones out there. And I'm going to just plug Scrivener. Even though I make no money off of them, Scrivener is so awesome. Because what Scrivener does is it chunks your book into sections where you can make notes on each of the little chunks. You can do scenes within chapters that are individually laid out. You can keep all your notes in one place in there so they're easily accessible so you're not going to another file to look at, look at notes. You can um, put your character studies in there. You can do timelines. You can do um, all kinds of stuff. It keeps track of all of your... Um, like like every note it's got metadata so you can like make hashtags on stuff like little 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 tags on things so you can find things faster um, you can search for one character in your novel and find all the passages where they say anything or do anything um, it's got a name generator it's got um, oh my goodness it has and what's really cool is it will format automatically any format that you want. So if you want a print book, it'll format for print and whatever size you want it to be. It, however many pages. Um, it'll do binder size. It'll do, um, gosh, it'll do uh, Kindle, Nook, um, everything. It'll format for, for iPad if you want to use the iPad's crazy iBooks thing, it's it's iBooks is a nightmare. I wouldn't ever use it. It was designed originally for for uh, um, for textbooks, and so it's just now starting to get where you can put novels in there. But they want you to write your whole novel in it, and it's not feasible because then it doesn't go to any other format. Um, so get a decent word processor. Um, finally, the market is always fluctuating. All the time. Um, sure. 
They tell you to find your niche, but that's like playing the lottery as to whether or not your books will sell. Look, man, I've always said this. Just write whatever you feel like writing. If your story is really good and you're behind it 100% and you believe in it, people will read it. It'll be a grassroots thing. It'll be like one person reads it and they're like, hey, have you read this book? And then maybe they give it to somebody, right? And then they go, oh, what else have they written? And then they go on your website and they find because your website's listed in your book. And they go find your other books and then they read those and they buy those. And they tell their buddies and then they read, you know. So and you get on Goodreads and people start making reviews. And then, you know, that's just how it happens, you know. But look, you can do the marketing thing where you pay a lot of money, that's worth it. It is, I think. Doing like a Facebook ad or whatever is worth it because you do get views on your website and people, out of those people who view a fraction, those people will buy a book. Um, I would say go to some conventions whenever it's safe to do that again. Um, you know, get a table. Um, get some print books and sit there and hawk your wares. The thing that you're going to be able to do there is you're going to make, you'll be able to make like face-to-face -face conversations with people, and that's where you're going to sell a book. Because you're going to sit there at that table, and people are going to walk by, and you're going to try to make conversation with people, and they're going to walk away. Or maybe they stop, and you hand them a book, and they look at the back cover, and you talk to them about it, and you tell them about how passionate you are about it, and you, f you form a little connection with that person. You chat them up. You don't just talk about the book. You find out about them, you ask their name, you, you, know, you, you make eye contact, you, you do that kind of thing. And you know, guess what? Out of 10, 10 people who do that, in my experience, about half of them buy a book. Now, it could be that they're buying the book out of pity, <laughs> which is what I think. But um, it could be that they're genuinely interested. And if they read it and they review it, man, you've got a win-win because they've reviewed the book. And look, if they give you a bad review, they give you a bad review. You take it on the chin. But you know, the market's always fluctuating. We don't know what is going to be the next cool book or the next genre or the next thing that everybody wants to read. So you just got to do what you're doing. Just write your little book. It's like Dave Grohl's advice to unsigned bands. Play shows, get yourself in front of people, and if the music's good, they'll listen to you and buy your records. Simple as that. So I hope that these tips helped you guys because they're really heartfelt, and I feel like, I feel like it's, they're really good tips. Okay? Um, so look, if you're needing some free publicity, okay, not marketing because it doesn't cost you a dime. If you're looking for some free publicity and you're listening to this podcast and you're an indie writer and you just want to be on the podcast, man, drop me a line on my, on my website, rogerdcolby.com, go to the contact page and say, hey, I'm an indie writer, I'd like to be on your podcast and talk about my book. Man, I'll be happy to do that. And I'll promote your book on my blog, um, I'll promote your book for free. Why? Because I believe in indie writers, and I think that the more exposure we give each other, because see what will happen is, you will give, if you have a website, then that podcast episode will go up on your website, that blog post will go up on my website, and we'll help each other out. And that's what we need to do is help each other out. 
All right. Well, until next time, and hopefully I'll have a guest, a guest for next time. But if not, hopefully I'll have something to talk about that's interesting, or maybe just a funny story. So I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe. And remember, the only thing that's going to get your book written is bum glue and fingers moving. This has been Roger Colby, and writing is hard work. <laughs>